0: Welcome to the Property Portfolio Podcast with Mark Stokes and Nigel Green. Every week we inspire and guide you towards success in the world of property development, mentorship and fundraising. Before we jump into today's episode, a reminder to join us at equacademy.co.uk where you can gain free access to hundreds of videos and templates to help you on your property development journey. Well, a very warm welcome to the next episode of Property Portfolio Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about the powerful combination of SaaS pensions and property. And as always, I'm going to take you into a lot of detail of some of the potential that has been absolutely life-changing for us, and I'm sure it will be for you too. So this is episode 48. If you want to understand more about SaaS go back to our story in episode 47, where Nigel and I are vividly talking about our experiences and what we've actually done as well. So you'll notice it's just me in the chair today. Nigel's taking a well-earned break. However, we have got some breaking news. Nigel's been working particularly hard on the ECHO IDA next version. So that's, yes, version 60. Version 60, how time flies. And it's just a great example of how you need to start with version 1 to get to version 10. You know, Just make a start. Don't procrastinate. And all those years ago, Nigel started with version 1 of the Equa Investment Development Analysis Tool. And now we're just about to launch version 60. And all our mentees, and there's many mentees on the call today and, and regular subscribers to the podcast, you'll be getting that update complimentary. For anybody else interested, go to our Facebook group, Equa Academy, or go to our website, equaacademy.co.uk. So now on to the subject for today, and it's one that I've, I've written many books on in the past, and it's a real personal passion of Nigel and mine, and that's the potent combination of SaaS and property. So what is that about? well you know one of the the key uh, philosophies for for me over many years has been taking control of my personal economy it was something many of you have heard me talk about before um, i've been uh, really analyzing everything i've done over the last 25 years and 6 years ago when i left corporate life for the very last time i made that mandate to myself and to my family that i would take control of every aspect of my personal economy, and exploring what I could do with my pensions was absolutely critical to that. So we've taken a a lot of lot of learning, but we've we've um, taken action, and that's the key point in developing our SAS pension and use using that SAS pension to great effect. So what have we done with that? Well, we've managed to take control of our economy. We've reduced the cost of borrowing massively. We're in property, right? we're investing. So the the cost base of our funding is incredibly important. We call it our weighted average cost of capital, our WAC rate. Mm -hmm. So our WAC rate is a combination of private capital and senior debt finance and mezzanine if you're using mezzanine. We we don't. We tend to like to keep things nice and simple. So it's an accounting term, your WAC rate. We're trying to drive that WAC rate down all the time. Now, one area that is super critical, obviously, and the majority of the, the cost of funding of any of your developments will be the cost of funding the senior debt, the first charge, the bank, if you like. Now, what if I told you, you could actually be the bank yourself and reduce the cost of borrowing? And that's exactly what we've done on a recent acquisition of a piece of land, which we're going to be creating a new build commercial block. It's not going to be residential, it's going to be commercial. And we've done that by acquiring it in cash with a loan back. Now, a loan back is something that we uh, is very unique to a SaaS. So our SaaS is lending to our sponsoring company. And in our case, it's lending a third of a million pounds to buy this piece of property. And we take a first charge on the property, as SaaS does. And the cost for setting that up was 300 quid. Let me just tell you that again. The cost for setting up a third of a million pounds loan facility was 300 quid. And we're charging 1.5% interest rate per annum. 300 pounds and 1.5% per annum. And by the way, that 1.5% goes back to our SAS, So we're paying ourselves 1.5%. Can you see there is very little leakage there out of our personal economy? This is a circular economy. Let's let that resonate. The cost of funding is probably the highest external cost outside of your professional team and your um, cost of your your main contractor that you'll have in any property purchase. So that's an example of the power of a loan back. Now, a loan back, you can do that from your SaaS for a period of five years, we typically um, refer to our loan back as a 12-month bridging facility. You could do an awful lot of good with a 12-month bridging facility that costs you a few hundred pounds and low cost of capital. So what does the combination of a SaaS and property, how does that enable control? Well, let's take examples. It reduces our costs 100%, really does reduce our costs. It enables us to take control of our investments. No longer do we have fund managers out there. No longer do we have uh, pension trustees out there uh, giving us the advice and telling us what to do. We are making the decisions. We're in control of our tax efficiency. Our tax efficiency is everything to us. Um, We're into single-digit rates of tax, um, and, and, and can create significant wealth at the same time. And that's taken a while. If I was to do my degree was in 1988 to uh, 1992 in, in construction management. If I was to do a degree again, you know, my advice to my younger self, my degree would be in my personal economy and understanding this. And we've just, um, we've just got uh, our children are, are joining our business rapidly now as they're growing up. The latest one, my eldest son, he's just joined the business. And it's a real pleasure to talk to him about why his salary is what it is, how it's structured. It's all about tax efficiency. That's brilliant. You know, I want that to be part of that legacy, that curating and nurturing. So This is all about the control of your environment. You know, nobody's coming to save us. There's no entitlement here. Life is what we make it. Nine tend to make life very vibrant for our family, and I know you can too as well. So, taking control of that legacy is all important. Many of you all know um, who have had uh, conversations with me. You know, I lost a, a very dear friend, uh, Pete, um, f- uh, five years ago now. Um, Pete died at the un- untimely age of fifty-three. And he never got to see and and enjoy his two-year-old daughter at the time, uh, growing up into being a beautiful young lady. Um, And these things really resonate. Um, And the sad thing, when Pete passed away, Pete, um, his wife, got 50% of his pension. Whereas if you've got a SAS, it's inheritance tax protected as well. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Now, a SAS isn't right for everybody, as I continually say. And I've put a lot of effort in since 2016, writing now three books and creating SAS Alliance and working extensively with our ECRA Academy uh, mentees to ensure that people understand this. I'm not selling a SaaS. I want people to understand and genuinely understand the extensive nature of what can be created. But many people are missing Some of the messages out there, and this podcast is about SaaS and property specifically today. Because even if you haven't got a pension, even if you don't want a SaaS or have decided a SaaS isn't right for you, and it's not right for everybody, maybe if you're involved in property, you're looking to attract private capital. And maybe SAS trustees who have the obligation and accountability to themselves to invest their pension, maybe they could be private investors for you. Uh, Many SAS trustees are investors in in our development business and some of our other businesses, uh, some direct loans, some on an equa earn and learn basis. And maybe that could be a right type of approach for yourself. For us, our, our mantra in ECHO is creating shared value, and that's a wonderful way of creating those multiple ROIs. So, again, if you haven't got a, if you haven't got a pension, then it doesn't matter. You know, understanding and walking a mile in a SAS trustee's shoes is incredibly important so that you can understand the power, unlock the potential, create that shared value. So what type of things does a SAS trustee do and what can you do with with property? And bearing in mind, there are around about 25,000 SAS trusts in the country. That's all. 25,000 SAS trusts in a population of, what is it, 65 million, something like that. You do the maths. That's a very small proportion. And if you also look at uh, property landlords, There's around about 2 million property landlords out of a population of 65 million. Yeah, this really is 1% of the 1% territory. And that's why I called my my latest book, Property and SaaS Secrets. A little bit marketing for me, Um, but Property and SaaS Secrets, it really is a secret. Not that anybody's keeping it a secret. It's just what the masses don't know. And when you can create the potential that I see every day I really felt an honest obligation to actually share this message to everybody. Now, the type of strategies that that we use with our SaaS, and I know you can and many of our community do, let's just list them. You could, in conjunction with SaaS trustees, your SaaS or others, um, the type of property strategies you could invoke. You could look at supported living. You could own commercial property you could do commercial to residential. You could do buy-to-lets. You could do land options. You could do new-build housing. You could do serviced accommodation, rent-to-rent, airspace rights. Now, what I didn't say, and I want to be very clear on this, what I didn't say is you could do all of those in your SAS. Okay, There are are rules, there aren't that many rules, but there are guidelines that you need to follow. But if you understand what the guidelines are, and remember the the three S's, structure, structure, structure. That's the important thing about SAS. We currently, our SAS is working with a property um, which has nine new build residential houses. Now, I've told you before, you can't hold residential property or 99% of residential property in your SAS, but that's not what I said. Our SAS is working in conjunction, and we're holding these nine houses as a family legacy. We'll hold those forever, you know, for decades to come. And the income from that uh, from that limited company will be using employer pension contributions, putting into our SAS. And this is where the circular economy works, okay? You have assets that throw off cash. You put employer pension contributions into a SAS. What that does, it increases the cost base of the company and reduce profit, therefore reduces corporation tax. So it's very tax efficient. But it stays within the personal economy because it goes into the SAS. So therefore, the SAS increases in value. We have four SAS trustees, so we can put in £160,000 of employer pension contributions um, every single year. So the SAS is getting bigger all the time. As the SAS gets bigger, we can use the loan back function, and the loan back allows us to do up to 50% of, of loans from our SAS to our own sponsoring company, to our own company any company, because you can make any company a sponsoring company um, to, you, to your SaaS. We we have three. So the bigger the SAS, more contributions put in, the bigger the SaaS, the bigger the loan back. So if, if you had four trustees and you grew your SAS to, let's say, a million pounds, you could actually then do a loan back of half a million pounds. Now, a loan back needs a first charge, as we know and you pay back 20% capital and interest each year. Um, But if you use that as a 12-month bridge, you don't have to pay the capital and interest back every year, you're just returning it at the end of the 12-month facility. So you can define the terms, and this makes it very powerful. So whether your strategy is HMO, rent to rent, service accommodation, commercial, commercial to residential, land, new build options, or any other form of business that requires working capital, as long as you've got that first-charge security available somewhere in your reach, you can create that low cost of funding. Now, one of the questions I I get asked, and and we drive ourselves hard here as well, is, okay, that's all very well and good, Mark, but you've only talked about what you can do with 50% of your SaaS what are you going to do with the other 50% if you're using half of it for a loan back well that and that's a very good question so we hold a lot of property we hold five commercial property in our in our SAS and you can do that you can hold commercial property um and there's a whole list in in the book property and SAS secrets of the type of properties that you can own and they are very very extensive and you can hold those in your SAS now just because you could doesn't mean you should. And remember that, that phrase, just because you could doesn't mean you should. Um, it comes back to structure, structure, structure. So what we will do, we will analyse and look at every single deal. We'll find great deals. We don't find deals for our property. We find great deals. And once we've found the right deal and we've got the deal, then we'll look at how best we structure it. So for instance, we could hold commercial property in our SAS and we can hold that unencumbered in cash. And we could actually bring in some bank finance because you can uh, uh, leverage your SaaS up to 50%. So a, a bank can raise uh, a mortgage for up to 50% of its value, in theory. Um, so we will look at whether it's right to put it in our SaaS or put it in a limited company. I'll give you a good example of why we might choose not to put it in our SaaS And a SAS would be very tax protective. It would shelter the income from from taxation for for decades to come. Um, But one reason we might choose to put it outside of the SAS uh, is, for instance, if we had uh, a lot of capital allowances available on the property. And maybe we had a business that was highly profitable outside of the business and we wanted to offset some uh, corporation tax with the capital allowances. So structure is really, uh, really fundamentally important. When we look at commercial to residential conversions, uh, again, we will look at how we structure those. Should we acquire the commercial property in the SAS? And then shall we do the development in the SAS? Or should we do the development outside of the SAS? And commercial to residential conversions is a a fascinating subject. Um, And there are many different ways of doing this. And I run a a very specific webinar on, on this for our mentees. So commercial to residential conversion, you can't hold the end residential units in your SAS. You absolutely can't do that. If they're C3, you can't do that. Um, however, in theory, you could buy the commercial property, you could develop the commercial property in the SAS right up to the point um, where they become that certificate of habitation, where you've got your building control all signed off, your utilities in there, in effect, when the property becomes mortgageable. Um, technically, you could do that, but then prior to that point, you would have to have, have sold those out of your SAS. Now, we don't want that, that tension and stress in our lives of, of uh, enabling that transaction because prior to a certificate of habitation, it's a building site. It's an unfinished construction project. Um, so what we tend to do is, for a commercial to residential, um, we would acquire outside of our SAS. And we may use our loan back um, function to support, um, but there's so many different ways if your commercial to residential conversion is a mixed use. Now, there's an interesting scenario. Now, you need to understand if it's shop with uppers typically, you know, is there a way that we could structure where we could bring the commercial units into the SAS but leave the residential units outside of the SAS or the soon-to-be-converted residential units outside of the SAS? Uh, and yes, there is. We can look at the freehold, the leasehold structuring, and all the time we're simulating and anticipating. We're looking way ahead, months and months, if not years ahead, to make sure that we're not creating problems for ourselves. So in that particular case, what we're trying to avoid is we're trying to avoid flying freeholds. Flying freeholds are notoriously difficult to raise low-cost funding. OK, you can get uh, funding, you can get mortgages for flying freehold properties, but they're that little bit more complicated. So therefore, they attract a premium. So right at the front, if you can simulate and anticipate, get the right structure where nobody has to take the risks, then you can enjoy a properly structured property for many, many decades to come. So that would be a good example of mixed use property and how we, how we structure those. So There are so many options. Um, Serviced accommodation and rent-to-rent is is something we're not involved in, Um, but I know from previous experience and some of our mentees who are doing that, it can be quite capital-intensive to create furniture packs and do the the fit-out of of properties, Uh, and that requires liquidity, it requires cash. Well, could your serviced accommodation company, could that be a sponsoring company to your SaaS? could you do a loan back and fund those packs from your pension? I know somebody who acquired a franchise of a company, a franchise business, with their SAS pension. So, there are, again, you decide what you want to achieve. What are you looking for? And there's a structure there that almost certainly you'll be able to uh, adopt an approach using a loan back, Maybe not using your own uh, company or or your own SaaS pension, but possibly collaborating with somebody else's. This is the the joy and freedom. Uh, I have a a phrase that is a bit of recommendation that somebody gave me many years ago, one of the best pieces of advice. Uh, A gentleman called, uh, we'll call him Colin, uh, over 20 years ago. And uh, he said, Mark, no wankers. And he was absolutely right. You know, the freedom of choice is to not have people you dislike or, or, or tolerate in your life. And what I've I've noted, there's a certain type of, of person who wants to challenge tradition, who wants to understand what a SAS is. And that's why our ECRA Academy group and our SAS Alliance group, just a, a, a lovely eclectic group of people from all different backgrounds. You know, these people don't just come from property backgrounds, you know, they come from business. And um, because it, it is a director's pension, uh, a SAS, you do need to have a, a business, uh, and it becomes just a wonderful environment lots of conversations there, lots of relationships. And uh, when I set that group up in 2017, God, over four years ago now, time flies. I never believed it would have such an impact where people are connecting, collaborating, and people are seeing their pensions um, uh, scale up and the level of collaboration. Only yesterday I was having a chat with with a mentee who's deciding to leave their their day job, uh, and that's not an insignificant challenge. You know, that's, that's great, you can get all pumped up, fired up, but it's not something to be taken lightly. I know I spent many, many a month considering uh, doing that before I actually pressed the big green button back in 2015. But the the freedom for me came at the point where I decided, right, I am going to leave this company. Now, it was a couple of months later, that I actually sat down with my chief exec and said, like, This is where my future is. I'll stay as long as you need to help you do your your transformation. Um, But I'm out of here. It was the point of freedom for me was when I decided I am going to be leaving this business. Now, I still worked really hard there, but it was that mindset shift that the company was now working for me and funding my exit, not the other way around. I still worked a huge amount of hours and did did a noble job for my company, because being a good lever was really important to me. But you know, making those decisions there um, and being true to yourself is, is really important. But it's that freedom of choice. And for those of you who are considering possibly leaving your careers and making a career in entrepreneurship, in in business, possibly utilizing your pension needs a lot of careful consideration. So please do reach out to me, book a call, go to ecoracademy.co.uk, just uh, just give me a call. I'll, I'll spend a few minutes with you and have a chat and you can pick my brains. It isn't something to take lightly, but the joy that I've created in my life and I know in our mentees, so many people have achieved this. is just wonderful to see. And it's one of the most uplifting things to see people achieve things, far out with what they ever expected. So SaaS trusteeship and, and property do go hand in hand. They don't necessarily every time because it involves collaboration, but it's next level thinking. It's really taking your game to the next level. And if you want to create that circular economy where funds flow through your wealth creation model, very rarely being subject to tax, highly tax efficient, uh, the word compounding comes up time and time again because we're talking about less cost being eroded by tax, less cost leaking out of our economy being paid to, uh, to banks and other parties, which leaves the, the majority of the, the cost base of the funds either going to our wonderful private investors, which is wonderful because they're great people, um, or to our SAS pension. So, again, it keeps it in that that inner circle, whether it be our wealth or our friendship uh, circle, which is a a great place to be. So, whatever your strategy is in property uh, across all those myriad of commercial, commercial to residential, buy to lets, HMOs, every one of these strategies is possible in collaboration with a SaaS, whether it's yours or whether it's somebody else's. Doesn't mean you'll necessarily be able to or want to structure them in your SaaS because sometimes that won't be possible. But if you want to achieve it, a SaaS is a very, very sharp tool in your toolbox and one that I think you should definitely consider and understand, even if it's not for you, then looking at how you raise private capital and walking a mile in in a SaaS trustee's shoes. So tax efficiency, structuring, And you decide what you want. You decide the distribution of your wealth. A SaaS isn't the be-all and end-all, nor is a company. It's the overall context of your wealth equation. And a SaaS is a very potent tool um, within that. And last but not least, for me, I, I have four children. Nigel has four children. You know, all eight of the children are shareholders in our company. And given time, they're also ready to understand what a SAS is as well. Now, they could well be as SAS trustees of the future. So curating and nurturing the next generation, their understanding, their passion, um, is, is incredibly powerful. Actually living the handover. We don't want the legacy to be the, the opening of an envelope in the solicitor's office when we're gone and the kids finding out what uh, what's in the will. I actually want the children to live and breathe it, if that's their purpose, if that's their passion. If it isn't, then that's absolutely fine. But I want them to understand the principles that we've laid out for our wealth creation. Let them understand what our wealth is and let them see how they can become a better version of themselves and take our wealth creation to the next level. It's this next-level thinking that is incredibly powerful. So there's a, a there's a quite a, an insightful, hopeful uh, a podcast there for you on how we structure our SaaS, our wealth, our property interests, our business interests, and creating that, what we believe is, it is a fairly unique, but is highly replicable wealth creation strategy, that creation of shared value that also creates that circular, powerful economy for you. So if you're interested in knowing more, go to equaacademy.co.uk. follow us on our Equi- Equi Academy Facebook group page and join the revolution. You know, SaaS and property is incredibly powerful, but it needs to be done right. It comes with accountability. It comes with responsibility. And if you want to take this further, allow me to be your guide. Book a call at equacademy.co.uk. And pick my brains and let's find out if it's right for you. But wherever you are in your journey, make sure you understand about SAS. Grab a copy of the book, all my books on commercial to residential conversions, SAS pensions, and property and SAS secrets. Um, They're all uh, available on Amazon. They're all on Kindle. Most of them are either on or coming on uh, Audible. Um, So it's incredibly powerful. Um, and immerse yourself in a great environment. So you have a great day. And remember that powerful cocktail of SaaS and pensions. Pensions aren't boring. Pensions are exciting. It takes you uh, to a next level to take ownership of all of your investment. Have an absolutely fantastic day. And I wish you all the very best in the future. And look out for the next episode of Property Portfolio Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Property Portfolio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and that it inspired you on the next leg of your journey. If you've got any questions or comments, why not reach out to us at our Facebook page, Equa Academy? Also, don't forget to register for free access to hundreds of property development videos and templates over at EquaAcademy.co.uk, and we'll see you in next week's episode. Thank you.